bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. It's all shit. It's like a country version. It's all real. It's all dumb gay politics. I couldn't tell if it was Kid Rock or was it Bonnie Raitt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we are talking about reality TV. Yeah, and it's also the podcast being ignored and hated on <laughs> and player hated on by iTunes. There's something real going on. <laughs> There's something real going on. And we're not going to be afraid to talk about it because now that uh, we're in the era of Harvey Weinstein and all, there's no, there's no prisoners That's right. being taken. So now it's all going to be exposed. Everything's going to be revealed. Well, we are actually kind of scared to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it only on the Patreon. Okay. Um, we, we will allude to the fact that they, I don't even know if that's said right, but we they won't give us the time of day. They won't say we're new and noteworthy when, in fact, we were, we're not now new and or noteworthy, but no. at one time we were, and they ignored us. Right. And they pretend that it's because of our artwork. And it isn't true, and so we have feelings, and yeah, we're taking we're gonna, action. Yeah, yeah. We're going to express those feelings. We are going to... Uh, we're going to fight We're back. trying to get back to the bottom of it. I paid <laughs> someone a sum of money for no reason <laughs> at all. I thought you hadn't yet. No, I don't know. I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, regardless, we're going to talk about it on the Patreon, so on our members-only podcast, where we're going to just talk as much shit as we want about Apple... <laughs> iTunes yep. podcasts, yep. Yep. suing, discrimination. Yep. I mean, it's listen. It's just how we feel. It's allegedly, but when you put the facts together, I don't know. It's yeah. pretty hard. We to, need to do what pretty we need hard to. Do. to um, We've been threatened with litigious oh, we action. Have been. We sure many have times. Been. Cease and desist. Yeah, and we've circumvented it and not ceased or desisted or assisted. Yeah, we've ceased on. We've continued yeah. on. Yeah, we've continued and. Um, Enabled. No. Right. We've continued. So for those of you that know what we're talking about, if you want a copy of that podcast, email me. Because we didn't cease or desist. But that has to do with Johnny McGovern and the gayest of all time, formerly known as right. Gay Pimpin' with Johnny McGovern. We talk shit about Jeff Garland. We talk shit. God, we have talked some shit. We don't cease or desist on the Patreon. No. We go in. We go in. Truth. Except for the one that I did make us delete. Yeah, you did do that. Yeah, twice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, twice. Yeah, but one well, time we then, well, then put when it back we put up. it back and whatever. <laughs> but... <laughs> All right. Well, this time we're going to leave. We're going to do this and we're going to do it. We're going to talk shit. I'll probably make us delete it. 
But um, nah, it's www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. Mom, don't do it. You've already signed up. Right. And just remember, it's uh, we talk about everything really but politics. Sometimes a little, a but little. not really. Yeah. It's really just anything, just an anything goes kind of free form. Yeah. So this time we're going to talk about iTunes and how they're fucking us over and we're not going to stand for it anymore. We are not going to stand for it. Mr. Trask, we're working girling it <laughs> up. Mr. Trask. We will not. Let's get to Eye of the Shitstorm. Take some shit. Put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some buck. Put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. All right. (laughs) It was a strange, strange week. But the Eye of the Political Shitstorm is is two-pronged shit. It's almost like when you're shit... You know, dissects, right? Meaning the log of shit branches off in a wishbone shape. And only (laughs) pulling on one side will reveal which branch is actually the bigger piece of shit. And since we can't separate them yet, we have to talk about both pieces of the log of shit. It all started on October 4th. 20 days ago. So Trump just got back from visiting Las Vegas when he was briefed that four American soldiers had been killed in Niger, West Africa. Niger. I think we're calling it Niger. I might be calling it Niger or both. I don't know. I can't remember. So supposedly the soldiers were having a meeting with Nigerian security officials. Nigerian. (laughs) I mean, then what do you do? That's why. That's what I'm saying. That's That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying what I already just said and providing he was. So they were providing anti-terrorism advice. Okay. When they were ambushed out of nowhere by 50 plus ISIS members and killed. Mm. 12 days went by and a tiny bit of information dribbled out. But then on October 16th, Trump publicly commented on the Niger Niger attack for the first time, saying, I felt very, very badly about that. I always feel badly. It is the toughest call I have to make are the calls where this happens when soldiers are killed. He claimed that past presidents, including Barack Obama, hadn't written or called the families of slain servicemen, though Obama spoke publicly during his term about his many interactions with the families of Americans killed in action. Later, Trump backtrapped, backtrapped? Baptrapped? Baptracked? That's like a dance you do like to like, yeah. like house music. Like, who's going to do some backtrapping? Uh, Trump backtracked on the claim slightly saying, I was told that he didn't call often. It's funny because like, one of my biggest like I don't know if it's a misconception or what but about Obama was that I felt like he called these people all the time I, know. I really well, did it was like just something I thought there was a huge thing of course him and Michelle would always do like soldier stuff and yeah you know and we're with the families and I think they actually okay yeah, go so ahead. on October 17th Sarah Huckabee Sanders announced during the White House press house press briefing <laughs> shit down that Trump no had called the families Wrong. before fallen soldiers and now this is when the shit storm don't question don't call don't text <laughs> don't tweet don't ever ro- open your mouth when a general says something that's what he says and that's all there is to say got something else to say didn't think so hang up hung up on <laughs> click <laughs> so florida representative frederica wilson Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this shit. Let's just get into it. <laughs> the motherfucker went on CNN wearing a full kooky cowboy hat. Yeah, like a stripper cowboy hat. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Because I can just tell you this, full disclosure. I don't care if it's an actual, literal 
you know, um, federally funded cowboy hat, (laughs) I fucking can't stand it. To me, every cowboy hat's a stripper cowboy hat. I don't even care if you're riding it for eight seconds on the back of a bowl, you better go get on the pole and get the fuck out of my face with that jokey shit because I don't like cowboy boots and right. I don't like cowboy hats. So Frederica's rolling deep with, uh, I feel a cowboy hat her family is in the, is the business of making because I don't know what, I go, I don't know what her, what her agenda is here with these cowboy hats. Apparently there's no agenda. She just likes wearing them. You know what? Well, then it's a fashion agenda and listen, I'm not the biggest fashionista, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. And so basically she goes on CNN after all this stuff and she says that she was in she was present yep. for a call that yep. Trump made to a widow of one of the four guys killed in Niger right. and that sure. the call was hideous and horrifying and disgusting <laughs> and awful <laughs> right, and tragic right, and insensitive right, and right, outrageous. Right. And she was appalled. Yeah. And this is from somebody in a cowboy hat that's appalling <laughs> anyone who's walking by. This motherfucker was appalled. <laughs> So and I'm just like, oh, okay. I know on CNN it was like a bright. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, whatever. Okay, I don't know. I mean, he can't even simply, in my opinion, and this is going all the way back to The Apprentice. He just can't talk about anything without being offensive to me. I mean, I think right. he, I can sometimes get behind and think he's funny, right? But I've never once thought he's classy, yeah. sensitive, right? Tact. I think right. he has none of this. He has none of that. None. No. Like none. So then. Yeah. Basically, the deal is that um, the widow and her name's Maisha Johnson. Uh-huh. So her and her family, it's like her aunt and uncle and like some family members. They're driving down to like, I don't know, the airport or whatever. Not even the airport. Whatever it is. It's some kind of tarmac where a plane's going to land and it has his casket and his body on yep. the plane. So they're waiting in this car service with like a driver and, and the congresswoman is there present in the car. Right. And so this is when Trump you know, makes this call that Sarah Huckabee Sanders announced. And he made the call <laughs> to the serviceman. So they pushed the call on Bluetooth, which by the way, I don't want to do. I don't want to push the call to the, I'm just going to say, I'm going to step out. Excuse me, everyone. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to take this. The president's calling me. I'm going right. to take it over here. So Trump calls, they push play on the Bluetooth. Right. Highlights include an insensitive tone. Yes. Not remembering the husband's name. Not remembering also her name, calling her the wife a few times. <laughs> we like to think he God. was unsure of the husband's name. They interpreted he I, didn't remember. I 100% think he was unsure of the name. Because his name is LaDavid. Right. right. But, it, but maybe he thought it was David. I'm not sure of the name. So basically, <laughs> also, um, but yeah, I mean, he was oh just a dick, God. I think, in general. Yeah. Like, she was... Horrified, completely upset, and she's yep. pregnant. She has kids. Ugh. Who even cares? You don't even need kids to make it sad. No. She's married, and she's yeah. And her husband got and killed, they lost and her family, right. and they're awful. And he's talking to this idiot, and you know, and he ha- doesn't have any actual compassion because he has no actual feelings, right? Morals, no standards, no. Exactly. And doesn't know what even. I mean, and even though when he, yeah, he just doesn't. So then the the, the cherry no. on top was saying, which he thought was, you know, deep and amazing and important. That um, he knew what he signed up for. And she didn't appreciate that. And he was where he wanted to be with the people he wanted to be with Mm. when he died. And I can tell you this. I took a look at the three other dudes that died with him. And he definitely did not want to be with But yeah, I wasn't thinking (laughs) anybody wanted to be with those three guys. But Uh -uh. I mean, they they also died. They lost their lives, you know, for America. And, you know, and it's true. It's like there is no motivation to sign up for like the military at this point. There's no no draft. These people are doing it. However, I will say up. I do become cynical, just to be honest. 
Yeah. And in this situation, when it's shady. Now, he was found a mile away from the other guys, and he was missing for two days. So... And then, you know, and then and that's the thing, too, is that they were supposedly just giving. Now, that's the other prong of the two prong shit. Okay. But let's just say that. So you guys know. Yeah. La David. His name is La, yeah, La David. David. So and I'm sure they called him David and David and Dave and La David. All of right. it. The next day after Cowboy Hat goes on CNN, Trump tweets that the whole thing is a lie and that she's full of shit. So then General John Kelly, who is the White House White House chief of staff. Mm. Um, who lost a son yeah. in the Iraq war. He's a veteran, obviously, and, his, and I think he has several sons, and yeah. they're all in his... It's a whole military family. Yeah, and his father was, yeah, you know, They're too. all military. So just like John McCain. So he goes and does the press briefing after Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sit down. Don't talk. <laughs> Shut up. Click. Hang so, up. Hanging up on you. So, not taking the call. Not answering. Nope. She probably did no. say, this is why I don't call anyone. So, um, but I put more makeup on today than I have my whole life just to check it out. And he starts talking about what happens when, when a soldier dies in, Mm -hmm. you know, in battle or it is, was so sad. I swear to God, an awful. And then he's getting choked up and it's just, and he's sitting there like I sent my own son to die. And you know, he withheld his love if they didn't do military stuff. Oh, I'm quite sure. I mean, that's, I can only even imagine yeah, he was off. He was so it. sad, and it was the saddest description. And I thought, why am I being forced to hear things I like to ignore about people dying in the military? And I mean, I have a like a little sweet angel cousin Nick who went and he doesn't listen to this, but anyway, he because I have two cousins named Nick, but um, who went and I'm just like and now he has PTSD and shit, and it's like Aww. it's just it the it's it. The shit they go through, and if they don't die, they die anyway. The, the piece the, of them dies the, Yeah, inside. the person they were before, yeah. and they sacrifice it, and they do it for whatever reason. And even just going through the... And, I would think even going through um, the boot camp and the uh, all of that stuff will kill a little piece of you. I mean, when you have to totally surrender and submit, that's why I couldn't be in the military. No. I'm not fucking submitting to you. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do 10 push-ups, and I'm not sleeping in that bunk. I couldn't do one, so... I yeah. can do the kind on my knees, and not even. I can go all the way down and then go. I from can't the even do. A, I can't do a pull up. Not one. I know. And I that wouldn't haunts be able you. to. It does haunt me. It does. Okay. So the drama with the folk. Okay. So basically, John Kelly comes out. He does this whole sad thing, and then what he does is he really escalated the drama because he was so offended by this by Cowboy Hat and yeah. her name's Frederica Wilson, but I'm just calling her Cowboy Hat just for shorthand and just for fun, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? She wants me to call her that. Yeah. Because she wouldn't wear that if she didn't. <laughs> so um, it's like when people call me Curly or whatever the fuck. Who calls you Curly? <laughs> <laughs> Who calls you Curly? Who calls you Curly? Yeah. Well, one of the three hey, students' last name is Howard. I don't think it's, it is. I don't think it's Curly, though. So... He was so offended by Cowboy Hat that he took it really personally and he stirred up more shit and it just escalated. But the drama with the phone call was the first log branch on the wishbone shit in the story. <laughs> the other branch, and arguably the more important one, is the actual attack in Niger. What the hell happened? Why did it happen? And why the fuck did it take 12 days for President Trump to say anything publicly? And like you said... Johnson was found a mile up the road. It's like there's a lot of just there's a lot of things that don't make sense. There's a lot of, you know, and I just uh, we don't have the truth. We don't have the truth. And it could be any number of things. But I automatically go to a few good men and just always think like it's something internal. 
Sorry. Some military. But I do. Well, it was, and I'm, now, uh, just this so is know, just this my wasn't the Marines. It was the Army. But no one knows. Not just us. It's not the, just the American people asking these He's questions. He's missing for two days. Like, there's something but, weird going on. And we're not on. just asking about that. We're asking everyone, including Congress, is asking, why didn't anyone know we were in Africa? Why, exactly. What was going on and it there? And it's so real that John McCain told reporters that he repeatedly asked for information on the attack, didn't receive any, to the point where he threatened Trump with a subpoena. He's like, if you don't give Congress the answers to the questions we're asking, we're going to subpoena you, bitch. And so then now Congress has the answers and they're just like sort of like going around to all the interviews and all the news shows saying like, we have it, but we can't talk about it. But now they know. But even they didn't know. No one knew. Like, what the fuck is going on? And the and they say they were, giving, they were giving advice and then they were ambushed. And it's like four. Twelve. Guys. Wasn't it 12 guys? I guess it was but 12, but I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah, four died. Right. It's just And like, what do you do? It, it is horrifying. Out of nowhere. And she wanted to see. The thing about it is that's really sad is that besides the fact that, you know, this was a just a totally unsatisfying call with President yeah, Trump, right. which just sucks. It's like, you know what? Just don't call me. Right. Just just don't call. Right. Just don't call. Right. But. But did he call the other three guys too? Because they're not I know, talking. And they're not talking at all. So like, and what's I think he did. I don't know. Or maybe there. he didn't, and he only called her because she's wondering why was he found a mile away? She really, really wanted to see something. something. She wants proof that it's him. Right. They're not giving her any, nope. which is wrong. Period. Wrong. How can you deny? I don't understand how that's legal, even. I know because so, once you sign up for the military, they own you. You might as well just go out to Mars and go be like an alien owns yeah. you. Yeah. Fucked up. It is the fucked message up. Here so they is, wouldn't show his cast. She they wouldn't open the casket to her. So for all she they knows, show her anything, not his no, teeth, nothing, not his fingerprints, nothing. So you know, just saying. And it's like, how? What they do? Take him a mile away and throw him into a vat of acid. There had to have been something. Yeah, that they, they well, could they would have had his clothes. They could have had a metal. I mean, I don't know. But she needs teeth, to yes. see something. They're not going to show. Um, Unless yeah. he was in a fire, she can see a piece of his body. And even if he was in a fire, let's say he was blown up. His teeth would still be there, wouldn't they? Yes. So? Pieces of him would still be there. Here's his tooth. And then she could go. Listen, they identified know. Lacey Peterson. Oh, it's true. Okay. Um, that was confusing and weird and disturbing, quite frankly. But now it's time for <laughs> Skew. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. Now it's time for Brandy and I to ride our tiny bicicletta to ski. Yay, this is one of our favorites. And although we did it last week, we rarely get to do it because we just don't know many experts. That's true. We know mainly, I would say, professional assholes, mm -hmm. alcoholics, yep. moochers, yep. basically just people like us, like yep. our friends. Mm -hmm. But for this, we needed a real actual expert. Exactly. Now, <clears throat> that's because this is the segment called Time for Skew, where a live person teaches us something. And today we're talking to our professor for the day, Nagin Farsad. Nagin is a goddamn hilarious force to be reckoned with. She stops at nothing and gets it done, girl. Mm -hmm. She's an inspiration to everyone, everywhere, who's ever wanted to try something 
risk something or say something. So if you haven't heard of her, get ready to be awestruck and learn something, bitch. Bitch. First and foremost, Nagin is an Iranian-American actress and stand-up comic. She is the host of Fake the Nation, a hugely popular political podcast. She did an actual motherfucking <laughs> TED Talk <laughs> about what it means to be a social justice comedian. She's the author of the book, How to Make White People Laugh, and the force behind the documentary, Here Come the Muslims. I met her many years ago in New York and have the delight of having shared the stage with her. But don't worry if that intro made you feel like a piece of shit who needs to get some interest outside <laughs> of watching Housewives, because Nagin is here to take us to skew about Muslims. Since we started Dumb Gay Politics almost a year ago, Julie has been dying, and I mm -hmm. mean dying, mm -hmm. to get someone on to talk to us and our 14 listeners about Muslim stuff. Yep. So without further fucking ado, <laughs> let's learn some shit. Let's learn some shit. Hey, Nagin. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, thank you for Muslim stuff. Thank you. I see that you read verbatim the introduction that my mother wrote for you guys. So we did call her. That. We did call her. And she did say, you know, make sure you say these things. And we did. Uh, we left out. You also attended medical school, started right. your own company, exactly. created a car out of strings. Have a family of 12 that she educates, which yeah. is 10 Ivy League schools. Adopted 14 children and also I made also children. I fuel out of tampons. Yeah. So there's oh, that. Right. See? That's good. <laughs> okay. So we're going to, we're going to just get into it because we've got you and we're going to get into it. Okay. This is a... It's not a serious subject for me because I make a point of never knowing about any religion equally. Mm, mm -hmm. And Julie's Jewish, so that includes hers. <laughs> but it's real serious to, to Julie. Not oh. Jewish, to Julie. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It's a serious subject, and it's like one of her favorites. I love it's it. Sexism and Muslim stuff. Sexism and religion. Oh, yeah, religion. Yeah. Sexism and religion are my <laughs> favorite two topics, Nagin. So... <laughs> That's, you know what I mean? They go so well together. Don't you think they do? Well, don't you think they do? <laughs> they really do. I do. So, okay, um, we don't really, I, I mean, I'm just speaking from, well, at least from our show, and in, especially with what's going on in the world and blah, 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 I feel that we don't hear enough from Muslim people. I don't. And now we've yeah. got you, and um, I want to be able to pick your brain and have our listeners hear from you and blah, 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 meow, meow, meow. So. Got you. What would you say is the biggest misconception that Americans have about Muslims in general and the Muslim religion? Well, it's funny because, I mean, you mentioned my uh, my last film, The Muslims Are Coming, yeah. and in, in that film, one of the, you know, we basically rounded up a bunch of Muslim American comedians <laughs> um, in a nonviolent way. Rounded guys. up. And, <laughs> there um, was like five. We <laughs> rounded them up. Yeah. We had them forcibly perform stand-up comedy around the country in red states. Perfect. Um, and, and, you know, so we, and one of the things that we did while we were on the road, besides like kind of just doing stand-up shows and hoping that people would come out and see them was it was that we wanted to try and get people in the middle of their every day and so we would set up mm. like an ask a muslim booth in the middle of mm. a town square oh, and cool. people could just come ask us questions so in fact this your very question has been scientifically addressed Ugh. by myself yes. in the film <laughs> I, knew I, knew I knew it i knew it i knew it i knew it i knew it's fda approved i know it i know it is <laughs> Um, we, with a sample set of like something hundred, okay. um, we found that, w that two things came up 
most um, commonly. One is why don't Muslims denounce terrorism? And so that seems to be a really common theme. People think that Muslims don't denounce terrorism. They hear about these terrorist attacks, whether it's Charlie Hebdo, um, whether it's still rehashing events from 9-11 um, that, uh, of like Muslims cheering in, in New Jersey or whatever, and they say, why don't Muslims denounce terrorism? And the fact of the matter is that Muslims do denounce terrorism. It's just that the press isn't going to cover a bunch of like reasonable people denouncing violence. You know what I mean? It's just like not <laughs> Boring, clickbait. It's right. not clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, and so what we, and, and, and the fact of the matter is like every organization that I've dealt with, um, has, you know, either whether they're interfaith groups that are like Muslim, Jewish, Christian groups working together or they're their mosques, their cult, Islamic cultural centers, um, their groups like um, the National Iranian American um, Council or um, CARE, uh, th- these groups uniformly denounce terrorism, and they do it after every single terrorist attack that, that happens on, you know, in, in other parts of the world that we literally have nothing to do with mm-hmm. and have no, you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. there's no, there's no, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous because you're like, oh, well, can you denounce this thing that happened in Nigeria? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, right. Okay, fine. You know, we will. We will. Um, <laughs> but, but it's like I literally, I don't know anyone in Nigeria. Like, I, I just, I have no idea. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the biggest misconceptions is why don't Muslims denounce terrorism? And I think it's really, also, it's really hard to denounce terrorism when there are people like, um, like, President Donnie, mm-hmm. who think that, like, you know, Muslims were cheering after 9-11 and then continue now um, 16 years later to, to kind of propagate that rumor over and over again. So it, he keeps the the myth that Muslims don't denounce terrorism. Right. He keeps that alive and well for the American he people. He lumps everyone, in, I mean, in general, he lumps. That sucks. All, yeah. So and particularly for now, I mean, it's, he, right, he, and he lumps everyone together and What's interesting, too, is that it's so ridiculously effective. Like, the, you know, the birther movement um, was so effective. There were a majority of people in Mississippi and Alabama thought that President Obama was Muslim and still do still to do. this God, day think that he's Muslim. Crazy. So and, and we're, t- we're talking like numbers like 53%, 61%. Like, I'm getting my states confused, but th- those are some of the numbers that I saw. And it was, you know, those are really large numbers for an entire entire state's population to believe that Obama right, yeah. is, a, is a Muslim, um, you know. But even then and, and you would that think. that was all because of the birther campaign. Right. And But even that in and of itself is sort of also like, let's say he, let's say he is. Let's say he was. Let's say one let's is. Let's say he is. Let, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why is that an insult kind of? It's sort of like, you know, listen, hey, the other day someone asked me when I transitioned. Okay. I'm just letting you know that happened to me. So. <laughs> okay. Now is that a an third insult? favorite subject, Nagin? <laughs> a third favorite. Now is that now is that an insult? No, it just is. But so right. you know what I mean? It's like now I'm not, and I haven't. I don't think. However, maybe <laughs> I, did, I don't know. But like right. it's sort of saying that that's insulting to him in a way. I think. I yeah. think that there's still that that that. Well, what's the second misconception? Um, well, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Julie. It's like, why does that even matter? Um, right, right. Like, why know? is that? 
you know, well, like it's like at this point we're gonna have we're gonna have a lady president, we're gonna have a Muslim we? president, mm. we're gonna have a gay president, and we're gonna have a Mexican pre- <laughs> yeah, president. Yeah, exactly. Everyone needs to deal with it, <laughs> and they're gonna be in order. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Hold on, let me write it down. Let me write Who it down. Who was first? Um, oh, the lady was the first. lady was first. Oh God, from your lips. Yeah. Maybe, from it'll your lips. Gay, maybe it'll be a gay Mexican lady. Oh, that is so erotic. That is erotic. Maybe it'll be Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, Going back to the question you asked me 25 minutes ago, um, the second misconception (laughs) is the... um, is that why, you know, because, again, like, I'm a lady, if you can't tell by um, my sultry tones. Um, <laughs> what? But I'm a lady. <laughs> when did you transition? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a lady, and I also dress like a kind of, like, I wear a lot of dresses, and sometimes, I, like, I let the cleave hang out, you know what I mean? Like a horn um, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, like like the slut that I am, and um, so I think um, that's one of the misconceptions is why do you dress like that if you're Muslim? Um, and oh, in Islam, yeah, right. And I bet you even like super reasonable people have that question, like why are you dress like that? Because I thought the thing was that you guys have to cover yourselves up. And I totally get that question. I think in what a lot of people don't know is a lot of the codified rules were, were for example, in Saudi Arabia, ladies just are eyeballs. Um, <laughs> in those countries, those are like j- just government rules that came. Those are cultural and political. They're not actually religious. The Quran, you know, says that basically women should dress according to their own sense of modesty. So, like, for me, modesty is like, get <laughs> out, right? Yeah. But, but for other people, modesty is a different definition, and it's just really each, you know, a- according to themselves. Um, so That's it's a really wide range. I didn't know that. Uh, no, I didn't know that either. And also, I had a question about, speaking of, so... Um, does, does the Muslim religion like Judaism work in the way that it has like different tiers? You know how Jews have like reform, reconstruction, conservative, orthodox. Right. I often imagine that. Are, do Muslims have that too? Or is it not like that in any capacity at all? You know, it's interesting. I feel like it's less codified than among, than, than it is with the Jews. Okay. Um, and I'm and I'm not exactly sure why that is. I mean, it's a little it, it's a it, it's a little less formal. I mean, it, it kind of mm. also depends on you know Iranians tend to be super secular. So like in um, parts of Los Angeles um, where there are like many godforsaken Iranians, yes, um, you'll are... find that they don't cover their hair. They're not immodest. They, um, they you know, they're not. There's they, they they present none of the conservative aspects of Islamic culture, right? right. Um, and and that you know, especially the ones with the butt implants. Um, <laughs> they, the shahs uh, of sunset, perhaps. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> and half of those are Jews. Yeah. But but so are you saying there's just, there's Jews, just yeah. extreme. And well, it sounds like what you're saying is that, yeah, well, it sounds like also what you're saying is at least that there's not there's not as much labeling like there's more room for personal interpretation in the Quran or in Islamic religion or culture than there like what I was trying to compare to to Judaism, which has a very specific. I think there's a little less labeling, you know, and even in in my family, for example, my grandmother covered, um, but like none of her daughters covered, Mm. you know, and, and it was just one of those things where she would come over and there was no 
proselytizing, and that's actually pretty big. I think a, a big difference between, let's say, Islam and like Mormonism or whatever, right? Where, and like, Christianity. In yeah. Christianity, where there's no mission, there's no go and convert, there's no, you know, like in New York, you probably remember this, Julie, like if you're if you're standing in, you know, Crown Heights, you're likely to be asked if you've got remotely like a, a particular nose or hair color as I do, you'll be asked by a Labovich <laughs> Jew, yeah. are you a Jew? Yeah, yeah, and, that which is, um, because yeah. They're trying to like bring you back from being a a, a bad Jew to being yes. like a like a their kind of Jew, which is um, yeah, which is the fundamentalist sect of Jews, yes. like because other yes. Jews, and this is why I feel like akin to Mus- the Muslim religion as a Jew, because at least for me, I can I mean I can't only speak for me, but I know and other Jews that I know, it's like we <laughs> we look at Chabad, let's say, or Lubavitch or Hasidic Jews, you might know them as, and for our kind of Judaism, we look at them and go, they're, they're the crazy Jews. We don't like to talk about right, that. Right. They're the crazy ones. And yeah, okay, they're Jews, but but they don't think I'm Jewish, but then I don't think they're Jewish. It's just like... Do you guys crazy. have that? Do you guys have that same sort of like judgment or... I mean, there's... I think like the big division is between the Shias and the Sunnis and I don't even think on the ground level like between actual Muslims anyone really gives a shit about that right um but there is like a Shia Sunni divide that ends up being important geopolitically because some countries are ju- are fully Sunni like Saudi Arabia which ends up being like a big um needler in the uh, butt of um, world politics um, and then versus like uh, Iran which is like a largely Shia majority and so that ends up being important just on this kind of geopolitical scale but I you know on the ground I, I can't I can't say that it like in the United States when we're looking at like pan Middle Eastern um, populations like I know plenty of Shia peeps and like we mutually don't give a shit do you think that that's where the scapegoating comes from? Like, is that where, you know, how it's kind of like the, that division, the Shia Sunni and the, the everyone's, oh, the Sharia law, and oh, my God, we're going to... Right, right, right. Like, that's sort of where the people can't distinguish between and or find the nuance or see the differences, and that's why all Muslims to a lot of Americans are scary and bad and blah, blah, blah. And oh, scapegoat. yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think that any, you know, known hate groups know the difference between Shia and Sunni Muslims, and the difference <laughs> is so kind of, like, not not important. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, fine. Um, I think what ha- and the other funny thing about Sharia law is just, like, it's not something that can be imposed. It's, Sharia law is like, oh, if you're a Muslim, then you should follow Sharia the Sharia law, like, of your heart, you know what I mean? It's like one of those. And I had never heard the term Sharia law until, like, 2012. Wow, so interesting. Yeah, because the average Muslim is like, what? (laughs) What is this thing I'm imposing? You know what I mean? And um, Mm. that's actually a a common refrain I've heard from a lot of Muslims who, like me, are secular, who, like, know some stuff, who grew up in families that were maybe practicing, but they were sort of like, give me a ham sandwich. And I, you know, we just didn't like talk about like Sharia law is just not a term I ever, ever encountered until they started politicizing it. So again, like because all religions are like, you know, 
have these crazy books that with a bunch of crazy stories mm-hmm. in them and like some of them are like total insanity mm-hmm. um <laughs> i think a lot people you know people can go and cherry pick the insane stuff but the funny thing about sharia like at the end of the day it's it's sort of like follow your own light like it's actually a very hippie concept it seems um, like it seems like what you're describing is like a, a religion that is basically very personal and it's sort of like do your own thing in your own way i mean that's what you're yeah. describing because unlike Catholicism, that's very hierarchical, and there's like these, you know, buildings, and then the guy at the building and whatever who's the pope. Yeah. We don't have that. It's all a direct conversation that you have with your God, and like that's kind of it. Um, everything you, was, else. What, what, is has your life like gotten as far as your spiritual life or your religious life or your family? Has it gotten? Um, was it one way, and then on September 11th? it just completely changed into a different way. And then even between from Obama, like was Obama cool? Like is it <laughs> towards Islam and like Muslims or was he also terrible? Cause I'm sure you're, you're like people, you know, and your family. And I mean, it's got a bit turned into a nightmare with Trump. I mean, right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, especially that, you know, not to brag, but my country's on the travel ban. So, um, <laughs> so that was, <laughs> <laughs> so that was really fun for everybody. Um, but, I, you know, I think um, it, it's funny because, it, you know, obviously Obama had a more inclusive language around Islam and didn't want it, you know, and he, would, and he went to great pains to say um, to not use, like, the term Islamic when it came to, like, terrorism uh, and that whole thing. You know, I think it's what's really funny to me about terrorism is that we sort of are really unwilling to recognize our own role in it. I mean, the fact of the matter is we invaded a country, uh, you know, without warrant. Um, And and having done that and having left a vacuum of power and a vacuum of, like, fundamental resources like electricity and water, fringe ideologies began to develop because the situation that we left them with after being war-ravaged was quite shitty. And that's when people started being like, what's this crazy idea that this guy is having about me killing a bunch of people? I like it. You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. when those things develop. So so that's that's when ISIS came right that was and when that's ISIS when, was I, that's, right, when right. that's when al-qaeda was was at its strongest and then al-qaeda started to subside and then isis came to fill in that void you know and and these things became popular not because it has anything to do with islam per se but because it had to do with like hey you guys are suffering you're starving you're poor here's a way to get and 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 it's it's the it's the man it's the western imperialist that's keeping you down and here's a way to come out of it and and you know it and it's a horrible terrible evil monstrous way but as if you're a, a poor person in that situation you know you have to you have to kind of put yourself in that person's shoes and and see like oh that's the condition under which these things grew you know what i mean and it's not necessarily I feel like we put so much pressure. There's this term called theologocentrism, where we try and explain, <laughs> where we try and explain everything away by Islam. So we look at a city, we look at a culture, we look at a region, and we're like, oh, this region has these problems because of Islam. But what I would say is, what if we didn't use Islam as the reason? Like, what if it's 55 other things and it's not has nothing to do with Islam. Well, I keep Islam making, cannot explain everything. I keep making this comparison and it's not good, but I'm going to continue to do it. <laughs> I feel like it's like this strange 
like JD Salinger, like scapegoat, like a like a catcher. Did he write Catcher in the Rye? He did, right? I don't There's read. Yeah. I don't yeah. read. Well, remember how like there was like the whole thing where people getting were getting assassinated and it was all like Catcher oh, in the oh, Rye. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why John Lennon. It was the yeah, person shot John Foster, Lennon. Right? Yeah. It was like it was like time and again to come back to this book, and it was like, but now no one's now looking back on this book like right. You know, Anything. it held any secrets or right. it mattered. It was just at that time, it was a cultural. It was something that was motivating people. It was a, it was a, whatever it was. Scapegoat. But it's, yeah, it was a scapegoat. And it sounds like what you're saying. I mean, I'm ready to believe it because I just don't know if there were were a way to do it. I think we'd probably, Donald Trump would probably be doing it. (laughs) There was a way to get people to do it with a religion or whatever, you know? Right. I think it's just, it's a vulnerable people at a vulnerable time feeling lost. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, and it's like, if, I mean, and it happens. With all sorts of ideology, you know, it happens with, like, Scientology, it happens with, like, and those things, like, Scientology is something that's made up, whatever, it, Islam is, it, it, sorry to the 14, like, Scientology <laughs> listeners. Uh, um, no, 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 there, we only have 14 listeners total, so there's probably total, maybe okay. a half of one. Well, and I, and I would argue it's all made up anyway, <laughs> at the end of the day, all of it, including my own bullshit. I mean, you know what I mean? So, right. sorry to everyone else, I mean, you know. But, you know, yeah, no, sorry, go on. And and it's funny, like, you know, uh, Colin Quinn said in my, um, in The Muslims Are Coming, um, because we we got a bunch of, like, comedians like Colin Quinn and John Stewart and Janine Garofalo and David Cross to, a a bunch of Jews, actually, to, um, to, like, wax hilarious (laughs) on Islamophobia. And, um, and they said, and, and Colin Quinn said something like, which was like, you know, religion, the idea behind religion was like, let's build a society and here are some guiding philosophies. And he was like, you know, God didn't think that like 2000 years later, there was you know, like the guy that wrote the document wasn't like, you know, oh my God, because guys are still hanging on to this. You know right, what I mean? Right, um, and right, we have to like, right. we have to let these things be allegories we have to let these things grow out in and out of usefulness you know what i mean yep. and um evolve. and that's kind Society. of my re- and evolve and that's my my you know my relationship like i said i'm, I'm pretty secular i've been really honest about that with all of this work but i'm very culturally muslim i grew up in this family i grew up with these these stories and these traditions and i think like it's important for me as a cultural identity um, mm-hmm. to stand up for it, but at the same time, like I'm not praying five times a day, but at the same time, I'm totally fine with people who are, and I want to support those people. Um, and yeah. so I think you know that's uh, what this is all about, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so you started. You have a um, like a is it a movement? It's boycotting bigotry. It's, would you say it's a yeah. movement? Let me tell you guys about this campaign. I'm really excited about it. It's called Boycott Bigotry, and the website is uh, boycottingbigotry.com. And basically, it sits at the intersection of um, Donald Trump's properties, uh, bigotry, and the emoluments clause. <laughs> um, you throw all those strings, three things together, and you get the Boycott Bigotry campaign. Um, me and Dean Obidala, who made we made the Muslims are coming together. We also, you know, have done other shenanigans since then. Um, you know, in some cases, we've had to sue the uh, New York City uh, subway system for rights to put up funny posters about Muslims. Um, all of this stuff is an outgrowth of the Muslims are coming. And, and now what we're trying to do is, you know, trying to get people to stop um, using Trump's properties. He has 
quite a few properties in the country. And for example, there's a there's a concentration of them in Florida. Um, you know, there's like three golf courses and and um, resorts there. And uh, so, like, we are trying to do more poster campaigns and street actions in the style of um, what we've done before uh, in places like South Florida and places like New Jersey, you know, in D.C. with the Trump International Hotel, um, and trying to get people to, you know, say, you know, for example, we're putting up ads that say, you know, the Mar-a-Lago, where cascading greens meet xenophobia, um, because we want people to, like, make the connection. A, if you're paying money to this person, um, you know, not, not only is it a violation of the Constitution, in terms of the emoluments clause, but you're also propping up a bigot and you're funding his bigoted presidency, um, and, which is already illegal. So, um, you know, so we're trying to get people to stop throwing their weddings there, stop golfing there, stop, you know, stop um, staying overnight. Uh, this is something we, we really want to hurt um, Donald Trump where it hurts, and that's in his wallet. Yeah. Um, and supposedly also, the Suns are like starting like a, a, a chain of like three star hotels across the heartland. So that would be good for that. Those ugh, two, because that's what gross. people can afford. And right. They're right. Taking, exactly. over, they're taking over like, you know, Motel 6s. And yeah. So it'll nicer. be important to know what the names of will those be Trump or will they be like undercover? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that, that like Eric a, and John's another, place. There's a brand called Scion, which is so just sounds evil already. Oh, Scion. Yeah, and I think that might be the the one you're talking about, or it might be another chain of hotels oh, they're trying to do. Oh my god! Either way, these people need to be stopped. It's disgusting. Oh my god! I mean, now well, we need to know because those are the people who, particularly, could have like that will hurt too. Yeah. So if anyone's listening yeah. and you're going to go stay at Scion Motel on <laughs> hotel. Route 61 Hotel, that, you know. Thank you for all your work and just doing you and being you and you're, you inspire us. We just sit here and cuss and drink alcohol and <laughs> I don't even know. But we're, we're I know. I doodle on a page and go, maybe if someone signed it that something would happen. And then I never put the page out in anywhere. <laughs> I'm lazy. So thank you for teaching us and we learned so much from you and our 14 listeners. Tell them. Tell them and us where we can find you on your social medias and wherever you want us, you know, to find you. Yeah. And what we can oh, buy. Oh, yeah. You can find me on um, at Nagin Farsad, uh, N-E-G-I-N-F-A-R-S-A-D on Twitter. Um, and also, you know, if... Um, you know, if you're into podcasts, which I imagine that you are because you're listening, <laughs> um, you can also subscribe to Fake the Nation. And it's a political ro- comedy roundtable. Me and a couple of comedians every week kvetching about the news. Um, and so that's fun. And hopefully you guys will be a guest <laughs> on the, my show in the future. Fingers the crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we would love to come on your show. Are you kidding me? That'd be like amazing, amazing for us. Now it's time for Gay Guys and Their Feelings. <laughs> Looking cute and feeling cute. What you gotta do? Boy, let me tell you, you're gay. It's okay, it's a present from Jesus. Every day you get to have sex. This is a segment we haven't done in a while called Gay Guys and Their Feelings. Dun, 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 dun. Looking cute. <laughs> Johnny. That's why Johnny McGovern. Go buy it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, the gay guy with feelings is Shira Weiss. <laughs> Shira is not a guy and she's not gay. 
yet. Hi. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but she is one of our 14 listeners and she's also a subscriber. Subscriber? Prescriber. Prescriber? She's also a prescriber she's and prescribed. a subscriber. She's been prescribed our Patreon, the podcast. Oh, that's good Trump uh, impersonation. <laughs> I was just doing me. Oh, well, that was good. Subscribing to our Patreon has many benefits. And one of them for the rich subscribers like Shira is that you can leave us a gay guys in their feelings message. So let's hear what Shira has to say. She's wealthy. Hey, Julie and Brandy. I'm hiding in the bathroom from my four kids. And speaking of four kids, I just wanted to let you guys know that I once wrote about being pro-choice not pro-life, pro-choice, and um, it's because I had a multiple pregnancy, and it was a very high-risk pregnancy. I was already seriously at risk of having preterm labor. I had had one preterm labor, so it was just really dangerous. So there are really, really good reasons that people don't even consider, you know, for having an abortion. And so I had to actually have a selective reduction where um, I had to uh, make the pregnancy... Uh, go from a triplet pregnancy to a twin pregnancy. And that's why I have four kids, because the last one was a, uh, a, a <laughs> double special. Um, so um, I wrote about this experience because it was such a difficult decision to have to make. It was so heart-wrenching. It was emotional. And I thought I would share that journey with my readers. But I did not know what was in store for me. Lots of prolific pro-life people came after me. One published my article with obviously her commentary. She is very, very well known. I do not want to say her name because I'm scared that if anyone contacts her, she will come after me with an ax. That's how crazy she was. Anyway, um, obviously this was the best decision because it really, it saved my twins' lives. They came very early as it was and would have come even earlier and probably would not have made it had I not reduced. Um, just wanted to let you, your listeners know, and, and this is why I feel so strongly about this whole birth control thing. The fact that access to birth control is not easier um, and you know employers not covering it, insurance not covering it, you know, the, the idea that that you know, could even be an issue, um, is ridiculous. If you want to prevent abortions, pro-lifers, you need to make access to birth control something that's easily obtainable. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer, especially because they believe that um, life begins at conception. That, you know, to me, that was the whole paradoxical thing about these pro-lifers, not um, uh, pro-lifers believing in, in that you can use birth control because I'm like, wait, that sounds... It sounds like it's not compatible. However, that's how they justify it, that um, life begins at conception. So if you want to prevent an abortion, make birth control easily obtainable. Stop playing with us. It just it makes me angry, and I think back to my experience. And if anyone wants to contact me and talk to me about this, because I know that sometimes this can, you know, it can definitely resonate with other people who are going through similar things, they can contact me. I'm Shira Hirschman Weiss, and you can find me on the Huffington Post. Well, you know what? That is an important message, and you're right, Shira. You're right. Like, peep, that's exactly what. That's exactly why the, there's pro-choice out there, so that you, because when you, in those tough decisions you have to make, sometimes. But why is there pro-life? Why is there pro-life? Why is there pro-life? Uh huh. What do you mean? What? Well, why is? Well, there- let's say, let's say you couldn't. Um, she had that. Didn't have that choice. 
uh, she would have had, who knows, she could have died. But what about the babies. reasons if I knew? Because you can't kill life. That's why. That's literally the reason. Because God doesn't want you to kill life. Even if it will make are we? Shira yes, possibly. That's right. Because mm. you'd still be killing a life. But then we'll still be killing a life. If exactly. We kill now it's time for So There's That. <laughs> part of the show where I give Julie the task of finding a so there's that moment in all of the bad and upsetting shit besides my voice which is so annoying <laughs> in my own ears that is happening every day she always hates doing it and it was down to the wire this week looking again like she wasn't gonna be able to find one but yeah. she seemed to pu- pull it out at the last minute so take it away meow meow again <laughs> this is so hard and it's getting harder and harder I swear to god it's getting because harder your interest level is really waned. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it is getting harder. Well, <clears throat> even though the Democratic Party and the progressive movement really uh, bugs with its self-righteous, <laughs> with its self-righteous annoying-ass atmosphere. It's like progressive the insurance. <laughs> exactly, which also bugs. <laughs> it's what we've got, and let's be honest, I'd rather a good-hearted, self-righteous, filthy hippie than a full-on fear-filled religious lemming moron. So with that said... We are all swimming around wondering what the hell is going to happen to us and when will Donald Trump get impeached so that the real Antichrist can take over. Mike Pence. (laughs) The clock is on, and as we sit and wait for all the lawsuits to get underway, what you will be pleased to learn is this. Now, (laughs) (laughs) I got this from Politico.com. Uh, Democratic candidates are reporting historic early fundraising totals, alarming GOP strategists and raising the prospect that 2018 could feature the most expansive House battlefield in years. Animated by opposition to President Donald Trump and the Republican congressional majorities, at least 162 Democratic candidates in 82 GOP-held districts have raised over $100,000 so far this year, according to a Politico analysis of the latest FEC data. That's about four times as many candidates as House Democrats had at this point before the 2016 or 2014 elections. Democrats aren't playing, honey. And it's more than twice as many Republicans had running at this point eight years ago on the eve of capturing the House in the 2010 wave election. The Democrats' fundraising success, especially from a glut of candidates who have never run for office before, is unsettling to those charged with protecting the GOP majority. Quote, that's something that should get every Republican's attention in Washington, unquote, said Jason Rowe, a Republican strategist who works on House races. Quote, these first timers are printing money, unquote. It's probably because of Chelsea Handler and all her important work. I know. Well, now she's an (laughs) activist. The Democrats in 2017 are starting to very much resemble the Republicans in 2009, said former Representative Steve Israel, who chaired the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee in 2012 and 2014. People are talking about a wave developing, but in order to even begin to think about a wave, you have to be in a position to take advantage in case of a wave but waves bug like when you're at a game and well stuff. oh god the worst and also <laughs> tsunamis kill people True. and democrats are clearly in that position 
Republican groups are also raising tens of millions of dollars to help bolster their party. The Republican National Committee in particular has outstripped the Democratic National Committee, raising over $100 million and building up cash reserves of over $44 million this year ahead of the 2018 election. So the point is, we could go on and on, and it's tit for tat with the amount of money and back and forth. The point is, the fight is on. And it is fierce. And though sometimes I find the Democratic Party and liberals insufferable and disappointing, <laughs> I have to say the fact that they're getting it together with money and scaring money. Republicans should give all, all of us a little bit of hope. So there's that. for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. We want to thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate all 14 of you. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on iTunes. We are getting ready to start some major shit with iTunes, like we told you in the beginning of the show. And the more reviews we have, the stronger our complaint will be. And if you want to hear all about our fight with iTunes, go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. Also, we're having a live show on November 14th at the Hollywood Improv in the lab in Hollywood at the Improv. <laughs> Buy your tickets now if you think you're going to make make it to the show because that way Brandy won't be able to cancel. I want to cancel that shit so fucking hard. I like know. I'm going to cancel it probably. All right. But if I don't, Lauren Savon, an L.A. news anchor and Harvey Weinstein disturber is mm-hmm. going to be our special guest. So that's going to be baller as fuck. Go to HollywoodImprov.com and click on The Lab to buy tickets for the show before it gets canceled. It's a very small room, so we really don't need that even many people. But, like, if we get those people, then But Randy I, can't cancel. Right. If people buy tickets and they want to go, we already know Rihanna Rose not going. Right. We know Andiani is. Right. So there's one. Andiani, Andiani. Oh <laughs> we always have to have a full. Um, Andy's going. Yeah. Um, but... I need more than her because I'm we happy need th- to. We need at least 30 more. Okay. We need 30 more. <laughs> at least. For you I think to not- three. We need 30 more to, to get tickets for you to not cancel. So get your tickets now. All right. We love you guys. <laughs> and as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Muslim. <laughs> it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not going to let it go down like that because we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast podcast a dumb gay political podcast Ooh, it's all shit it's all shit Ooh, it's all shit it's all shit i mean are we gonna die i don't know I, I, you're extreme i am extreme it's all shit uh uh this shit is bananas b a a a a a s this shit is trumpanas t r u m p a n a n a s What? I don't know. I don't even know.